You have come to the right place. Hope you love America. Hope you're tired of the same thing all day, every day. Bringing you a different point of view. Bringing you the right point of view. From an everyday American. Recorded all over. No agenda, just America. Hello, welcome to a new episode of Eric's America. I am uh, still here. Survived the uh, dumpster fire uh, that was the uh, Democratic Convention last week. I made it all the way through. And uh, I learned so many things. It was just, uh, oh, you know, learned about the light and uh, how everybody else is the darkness, I guess. I, I really don't know. A uh, lot to uh, go over today, um, kind of wrap up what was the uh, DNC convention. It was awful. Um, and it was so awful that nobody wanted to watch it, which, you know, is not really that surprising because I didn't really want to watch it and I tried to skip most of it. Um, some of the best was, uh, you can't make this stuff up. I want to be honest, you couldn't. Uh, unless you were doing a Saturday Night Live skit, you couldn't have made some of this stuff up. Uh, the best highlight was uh, Chief Cherokee Elizabeth Warren. Um, <laughs> she actually headed the uh, Native American or Indian Coalition or Caucus. Yeah for the DNC. I don't know if somebody's just having fun. You know, I honestly think that, uh, you really, really just have to be, um, an idiot or you have to be just making this stuff up because, you know, that's something I would make up if I was doing a Saturday night live, live skit, because everything that's went on, you've got a older white woman from, you know, new England who is, what was it? One, 1024th Cherokee because she kept saying that she was Native American and everybody's like, no, you're not. You're a white woman. She goes and gets the Trump, you know, buster balls or whatever. She goes and gets the test and she's one 1024th Cherokee, which is just laughable, you know? And so instead of being like, okay, well, that's a, that's something I'm going to stay away from. She goes and heads the uh, Native American, the Indian uh, caucus for the DNC and, uh, yeah, that would be a Saturday night live skit. Honestly. I mean, all she needed was, uh, you know, like a feathered headdress and it would have been perfect and you could have ran it on Saturday night live and everybody got a laugh, but unfortunately they take it so serious that it just can't be that funny. And, uh, that's unfortunate. It, it is to me. It is to me. I do still laugh, but it's, uh, uh, it was pretty bad. Uh, so everybody, um, everybody was uh so excited because joe biden didn't uh fall on his face he uh made it through the whole speech and he did screw up one time i did hear him you know kind of screwing up and he did slur a lot like a drunken sailor but he did make it a whole 24 minutes a whole 24 minutes without um, forgetting where he was or just falling over. So I think the bar was set a little too low. Honestly, I'm afraid the bar set a little too low uh, because it was a terrible speech. And unfortunately, 
for him um plagiarism again he just doesn't have an original thought uh he just doesn't have any original ideas which you know happens some people some people aren't that creative you know i i can say that but if you are that person just try not to let everybody know um and don't brag about being a genius because you get you know kind of exposed uh really really quickly so um the first thing is uh joe gets into a whole thing about uh love is more powerful than hate hope is more powerful than fear and light is more powerful than dark and apparently it was almost word from word from a uh canadian uh canadian political leader uh his dying words uh almost word for word love is better than anger hope is better than fear optimism is better than despair and uh so yeah that uh kind of bothered some people because you know he kind of stole some people's um uh guys uh dying words um you know without saying hey you know this great canadian you know party leader whatever said this and that's been the problem for years when it came to uh biden i mean he's been very bad at doing this in fact he uh, had to stop his campaigns uh two other times for uh plagiarism and lying about his credentials um and uh, he actually plagiarized a uh, labor party leader from the uk uh word for word uh and even inserted himself into this guy's like stories because the whole speech was him telling a story about his family and uh about how didn't go to college and his wife was doing great because she was the first one to go to college and all this and he literally just stole it word from word uh i guess the speechwriters this time um just uh plagiarized it sort of you know what i mean they they changed a word here and there so nobody can say well he copied it word for word so that's not new for joe that's not new for joe at all but uh then he got into uh some plans for the uh, pandemic and uh here's what that sounded like million americans infected by covid 19 more than 170,000 americans have died by far the worst performance of any nation on earth more than 50 million people have filed for unemployment this year more than 10 million people are going to lose their health insurance this year nearly one in six small businesses have closed this year and this president if he's reelected you know what will happen cases and deaths will remain far too high more mom and pop businesses will close their doors and this time for good working families will struggle to get by so i have to stop it there for a second okay let's uh, unpack all that real quick um so uh there's a lot of deception there so it says we're the worst in the world well let's unpack that for a second just a quick minute okay so uh on actual cases yes you know why we test everybody that wants a test and we're testing a whole lot of people that aren't sick now around the world they don't do this because they can't afford to unfortunately we apparently think we can just print money and pay for anything uh which is going to get us in deep shit real soon if something doesn't change with that but apparently we are fine with it so we test anybody that wants to get tested and some people multiple times so the whole idea that we have more cases well yeah i mean and depending on who 
Where? And how many people have actually tested as many people as we have? No one. Uh, there's a lot of countries, i.e. sort of like south of the border there, Mexico, they're having a 65 or 70 percent positive rate. Why? They only test people that are sick, which is, you know, makes sense. If people aren't sick and they're not spreading it, why the hell test them? I mean, all you're doing is running the numbers up. So, you know, that's what, you know, most of the world's doing. Second of all, most of the countries that you're comparing us to have much lower populations. So, you know, if you compare it to somewhere, again, we were talking about unemployment numbers, which we'll get to that in just a second. Unemployment numbers. So unemployment in, say, South Korea, well, there's 50 million people. There's 330 and going rising million people in America. So take somewhere like South Korea they go and have a 10% unemployment rate, well, that's 5 million people out of work. Whereas in America, if we have a 10%, that's 33 million people. So my problem with what the, the left does and what media does so much is they start using percentages and numbers and just making them interchangeable. And they never explain what they're talking about. And it drives me nuts. And I, I talked about this on the Thursday episode as well. Because if you don't know what the numbers are, the percentage means nothing. If I tell you that 10% of South Korea has coronavirus, well, that's 5 million people. If I tell you 10% of America, that's 33 million people. There's a big damn difference between 5 million and 33 million. So, um, for, and those numbers matter and they control and drive decisions. So, that's the the issue when you start saying, well, this place has less coronavirus than America does. Well, they have, you know, one third or one quarter of our population. Of course they do. Of course they have less cases. There's less of the people to get it, asshole. It's real damn simple. I don't know where you did math and that's another subject for another day, but still here in, you know, normal land, we still think two plus two equals four. So, we know how it works. If I have 10 people, they're more likely to have more of those people to have coronavirus than two. Well, that's real simple math because the most I can have if I have two people is two. I mean, it's real just stupid, simple math. But when you start reversing numbers and percentages, you can really screw with people. You can really mess with people's heads and drive this crazy narrative, which is what they do. And it's what Joe Biden's doing there, going, oh, well, we have more cases. Well, we test more people. We have a lot more people. And do you really believe that China and North Korea and Russia are giving you their real numbers? Are you kidding? I mean, you know, we know they're full of shit. We know they are. So why do you even compare it? But it's good for, you know, good for a talking point, I guess, for a night. So then we go to the unemployment number, 50 million Americans out of work. Well, that's not true. That's not true. Here again, now we're going to take numbers and we're going to make them work for our perspective and not give you the actual truth. Now, throughout the entire pandemic, there has been 50 million people who have applied for unemployment on and off. Now, for a explanation of why this matters is if the bathroom holds 10 people right and you walk in and somebody goes well there's been 10 people in the bathroom today 
Well, that doesn't mean all 10 of them are in there right now. And that's the problem when you start using these numbers and you say, well, 50 million people uh, out of work. Well, not 50 million people now. I mean, some lost their jobs at the beginning. They're back to work. Some people, you know, got laid off. They're back to work. The number is changing all the time. You can't just add all of it up from the whole time and say, well, that's how many people are out of work because they're not all out of work anymore. (sighs) So this is how people get manipulated. This is how they manipulate it. And this is why you have to have, you know, people like me and, and many others do this too, to break these things down and go, wait a second. You know, you hear this sound bite and it sounds really, really bad. But the problem is it's just a lie. I mean, it's just spin. And that's the problem. That's why people, nobody trusts any of these people anymore. You can't, you can't trust them, you know, and I won't even get into the whole 170,000 people dead. I don't even know how many of those people actually died from COVID. None of us do. I mean, there's been several instances with people, you know, dying of other things. And just because they had a positive test, you know, that means they're a COVID death. There's many other things. I, there was a lot of people, they didn't even test them. They said, well, they had symptoms and then they died, you know, from this. I mean, there were, there's probably thousands of people that died of like end stage cancer, but they had a positive test. And the other number we really need to know, which would make a huge difference to everyone is if somebody would get into this and go, hey, how many of these people were really bad off and really sick? And this exacerbated that. In other words, they were going to pass away. This just helped it along. And the reason that matters is obvious because we're basing everything on the fact of scaring the hell out of everybody that they're gonna walk down the street, catch COVID, fall over dead in a week, And that's just not true. That's just not even close to true. But we've scared people to the point that people are ready to kill each other over somebody not wearing a mask because they think they're going to catch a virus, have blood running out of their eyes and die in the street. And it's just not the case. So all these numbers matter. And a lot of this, you know, according to, you know, maybe I mean just a few, I think it was 6,000 frontline doctors. Uh, had said that, hey, you know, some of these medications really work to reverse this thing. And they literally made it illegal for doctors to write prescriptions for it. So how many people did they kill? You know, they're just now getting to the bottom of the numbers in New York. How many people died in nursing homes because of all the crazy policy and then not wanting to do the numbers and then changing the whole rules that said, oh, well, if you were sick and dying in a nursing home, you had COVID and you were, you know, just an hour or two before you were going to expire, we just rushed you to the hospital and you didn't die in a nursing home. So we don't count that. Those are the kind of things that make people crazy. Those are the kind of things that makes everyone hate the government, distrust anything and cause just absolute anarchy because we're looking to somebody, especially in a pandemic, people are looking for just answers. People don't need it to be rosy and a beautiful picture. People just want the truth. Tell us the honest truth. We will deal with it. That's the way it's supposed to work. But you have all these manipulations all the time. You know, what What are the real answers? Nobody knows. And then you have big tech going, well, anybody that has a different opinion, we're just going to kick you off. You can't be on YouTube. can't be on Facebook. I mean, and somehow they think that a combination of all this is going to get us to elect a mentally challenged or a mentally declining man who can't hold office because he can't even tie his shoes anymore. 
And I don't care that he could read a teleprompter for 20 some minutes. He was slurring. He stumbled and don't give me the crap of the stutter. And I will get to that later on in this show about them exploiting a young man who has a stutter. That was absolutely disgusting. And whoever did that should, I mean, they should have been fired on the spot. And I I just, it was absolutely, absolutely disgusting. And we'll talk about that here in a few minutes, but we'll go on. Joe Biden then got to his actual plan to combat COVID. And we'll talk about some more uh, plagiarism. So here's that. We did get control of the virus that has ruined so many lives. Because I understand something this president hasn't from the beginning. We will never get our economy back on track. We will never get our kids safely back in schools. We'll never have our lives back until we deal with this virus. The tragedy of where we are today is it didn't have to be this bad. Just look around. It's not this bad in Canada or Europe or Japan or almost anywhere else in the world. And the president keeps telling us the virus is going to disappear. He keeps waiting for a miracle. Well, I have news for him. No miracle is coming. We lead the world in confirmed cases. We lead the world in deaths. Our economy is in tatters with black, Latino, Asian American, Native American communities bearing the brunt of it. And after all this time, the president still does not have a plan. Well, I do. If I'm your president on day one, we'll implement the national strategy I've been laying out since March. We'll develop and deploy rapid tests with results available immediately. We'll make the medical supplies and protective equipment that our country needs. We'll make them here in America so we will never again be at the mercy of China or other foreign countries in order to protect our own people. We'll make sure our schools have the resources they need to be open, safe, and effective. We'll put politics aside. We'll take the muzzle off our experts so the public gets the information they need and deserve. Honest, unvarnished truth. They can handle it. We'll have a national mandate to wear masks, not as a burden, but as a patriotic duty to protect one another. In short, we'll do what we should have done from the very beginning. So that was the plan. And uh, you're not alone if you think a lot of that sounds really familiar. Uh, The only thing unique to Joe Biden is he wants to uh, unconstitutionally and illegally force you to wear a mask anytime uh, you decide you want to leave your home, which seems... um, If it seems a little illegal, that's because it is. You can't do that. So um, that's one big problem. And let's remember now, if he would happen to, you know, unfortunately become the president, he doesn't get sworn in until January 28th. So um, there's a really good chance that uh, none of this is going to be around January 28th. But hey. All that does is leave him open to go, oh, well, we don't need to do it. But see, I was going to have a better plan. Now, let's go to uh, more plagiarism. And if you thought you had heard the whole thing about PPE, um, we've done that. And Trump has already done this. He's already signed through executive order 
invoking the Defense Act to make all the PPE, all the masks, all the gloves, everything that we needed, that's already been done. That was done at the end of March. It's already been done. So it's great to stand up and say, hey, I'm going to do this because it's already done. But that's nothing new. And he plagiarized the exact same phrase and said, made in America. So we never, ever have to rely again on China or any other country for our medical supplies. That's word for word from Donald Trump in March and April. So what's the original idea? Rapid testing already done. That was done in uh, April and May. Um, what's next? Oh, make everybody wear a mask. That's that's your unique plan. That's what was going to cure the coronavirus. Uh, make sure schools are open. You are the ones that are keeping the schools closed, jackass. You and the people from your party are the ones fighting to keep the schools closed, wanting BLM to their mandates or their demands to be met before teachers can go back to school. Those are the teachers unions. They are aligned with the Democratic Party and have been for longer than I've been alive. So I don't want to hear how you're going to magically make that happen unless somehow you've decided that you're going to destroy all police forces around the country so the teachers can feel safe and go back to work. Why does that not make any sense? Because it doesn't. It's absolutely stupid. Take all the cops out of the classrooms and out of the schools. That way the kids will be safer. I mean, that just need, I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my damn life. You know, take security away so people will be safer. Does that make any sense? No, of course not. None of it does. Because at the end of the day, it's all about socialism, communism, collectivism, bullshit. That's what it's all about. So this whole thing about, oh, we're doing worse than anywhere else in the world. Wrong, 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 wrong. Again, we get back to the whole numbers versus percentage versus per capita, all the usual suspects. We have more people than the UK has. Over double the population. So do we have more cases and more deaths? Yes, we do. We have a lot more people. So there's more people that can get it. It's, it's simple math. It really doesn't take a genius, although nobody's ever, ever accused Joe Biden or any of the people that write for him or any of the people in the DNC for being geniuses. That's for sure. Um, and they definitely cannot do math. But if you're going to take Europe as a whole, well, then you're screwed because then you're just wrong. Because if you take all the countries together, there are far more dead than in the U.S., and then we don't mention Mexico because Mexico is an absolute disaster right now with coronavirus. Um, how many people are dying? Who knows? Who's going to count them? We don't know. That's what you have. I mean, it's not a modern first world country. So we don't know. We have no clue. Do you think they have real sophisticated systems to figure that out? No. Do you know the last they said they were had a 65% positivity rate? It's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. Um, and of course, that's not the reason that, you know, Texas and Arizona had a spike, right? Not because the country that borders them was having an absolute disaster with it. That couldn't possibly be the problem of people coming across the border. No, of course not. It was Donald Trump's fault. And that's what it gets down to this entire week. 
at the DNC, the reason that Joe did not get the, because there's usually a bump. They always talk about it. You get the, the after convention bump in the polls, usually after the convention's over, whether it be the RNC or DNC, whichever one, that candidate gets a bump in the polls and gets a little bit of a lead. And everybody kind of figures that. And then the next one does it. And then, you know, it all evens out. But the problem is it, it didn't work. It actually went the opposite way. After the DNC, Biden supposedly has been leading nationally and leading in all these places, which, you know, I find very suspect. But nevertheless, they said he had a bigger lead. Now, all of a sudden, it's tightening and tightening. And the RNC hasn't even happened. It starts this week. So uh, it's, you know, starting now. It's happening now. So, you know, and we'll have to catch up on on all that and a plan on Thursday. Thursday will probably be a longer episode. I mean, I'm headed back to work, but Thursday will probably be a longer episode because I'm going to do more catch up the week in the RNC, but I had to wrap up the DNC here because it's just, just terrible. So other than, uh, he's going to make everybody wear masks in the middle of the winter. Um, you know, after quite possibly this thing's already gone and everybody's heard about operation warp speed. Uh, most people don't know what the details of that are. They just know it has to do with the vaccine. Uh, I can give you a real quick overview. Basically what it's doing, it's unprecedented. Basically, what the government has done is taken any vaccines that have promise, any of them. There's like 130 of them. And they've already gave these people money and said, hey, we're going to buy 200 plus million doses of all these. And they've given them the money to go ahead and start producing every one of these like they're already approved, passed and ready to go. And why have they done that? Because as soon as they're not skimping on the science they're skimping on all the crap that goes on in between when you have to find a marketplace, when you have to do production, when you have to figure out how you're going to distribute it. All those things take a lot of time when it comes to vaccines, whereas now they're saying, hey, we already have the market for it. We already have distribution for it. We're already paying you to go ahead and put it in production. So the minute that it is approved, it's already produced on the truck coming out. That is insane. It's crazy. It's it's smart. A lot of people are bitching that it's wasteful because there'll be quite a few of them that don't get approved and it's just money down the drain. But for right now, stopping a pandemic, most people with what the government wastes money on, that is one of the least of my worries. So I'll be okay with that. Not that I really need the uh, vaccine, I guess, because I've already had it and got over it and apparently I'm immune for a while. But still, there is a, a, a great market for this and it's 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 brilliant the closest the quickest we've ever done a vaccine was the mumps that took four years they're talking about having this one done and and out to people in a year that is insane and it's really quick and we're not like russia who said you know those those crazy you know multi-people trials that see you know find out if it gives people you know cancer or you know, cause them to grow a third leg or anything weird like that. We just don't need that. Uh, we know it works. I mean, it killed some stuff in a test tube. Just start giving people the shot. And uh, yeah, most of the world's like, nah, we're good. We're, we're going to just, we're, we're going to suffer just a little bit longer. We want to make sure that, you know, we're not going to get, uh, you know, cancer of the asshole or some craziness that we don't want to deal with. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's coming and it's, it's kind of crazy. So we may even have, the vaccine by then is Joe Biden. Of course, the DNC is going to be like, see what we did. We, we made a vaccine. That's if Joe wins. I don't think Joe's winning. Okay. I just don't see it. I don't think there are people out there that have brain cells that are functioning that could possibly vote for this guy. I just don't. 
The only message they had for the entire week is Donald Trump's a not nice person. And I don't even completely agree that he's that harsh. I mean, if you're full of shit and somebody tells you you're full of shit, I'm sorry that that hurts your feelings. But why do you care if it hurts somebody's feelings? If they're full of shit and they get called out for it, that's life, man. Where have you been? I think that's why most of the country isn't that disturbed by things that he says. This is stuff that happens on a daily basis all over this country. People just don't really like it when it comes from the president. But hey, who better to call people out on bullshit than the guy in charge? Because hey, at the end of the day, if he can't do it, then how are we supposed to do it? Should be all equal, right? I think it's a good thing. People are full of shit. Call them out on it. It's the only way you ever get them to stop being full of shit. So yeah, Joe went on to uh, talk about, you know, uh, how he was going to be the light and how he was a nice person. He wasn't going to be mean. And then he made this really insane comment um, that uh, I'm not going to play the clip. It's just real short where he says he's going to protect America for from every uh, threat seen and unseen. And, you know, it's just an asinine statement because nobody can do that. It doesn't matter who you are. I mean, unless you are, you know, God that comes down and, and can protect from, I mean, even he doesn't, I mean, nowhere. I mean, like I said, I grew up very religious. I've read the Bible nowhere in there. Does he say, Hey, I'll protect you from any problem ever. Nothing will ever bother you. Not even God makes that promise, but Joe Biden does. Yeah, nothing's ever going to bother you ever again. Just just vote for me. Nothing will ever bother you. Are you kidding me? Oh, it's terrible. It really, really is bad. It is this bad. So that was Joe's uh, uh, whole thing. Just I am light, apparently, which mm, if you're light, it's an awfully dim bulb, Joe. I'm sorry. Um, maybe we should check the uh, wiring because it's getting a little dim. There's a little bit. So, um, yeah, and other than that, he came up with Trump's plan to fight the virus, but said he was going to be uh, the one to protect everybody from everything ever again. And basically just on and on and on about how Trump's bad and Trump's mean. So, I mean, that's why nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear that anymore. They're sick of it. They want to know what you're actually stand for. And the problem is this year in the dnc that's nothing they stand for nothing they want socialism and they communism and they know the american people want no part of any of that and so instead of actually talking about the fact they want to open the borders to everybody give everybody everything which no everybody knows won't work and will not work they're just oh trump's bad orange man bad that was the entire week and then it was really sad you know Anybody in the public eye, you know, leaves themselves open for comedy, right? And it's been a thing for years. Everybody can find something to poke at, and that's fine. You know, I think it comes with the job. If you get to that point, you know, you just expect it. It's like, well, it's part of the gig, you know, whether it's memes or whatever. So, you know, the Democratic Party has all these comedians, supposedly, are all lefties, right? They're all lefties. So, the DNC actually tried to do some comedy this week. And the problem is, I, you know, it's fine. You want to make some jokes about Trump? It's easy. It's easy. You know, I like the guy. I think he's doing a great job as president. I'm going to vote for him again. No problem at all. 
But I do realize some of the things he does makes it easy to make, to laugh about. I mean, whether it's his hair or the fact that he's orange or the fact that he eats McDonald's all the time and he's a billionaire. I mean, there's tons of things you can make fun of and make a joke about. It's not really making fun of as much as make a joke about, you know, or the fact that everything's huge. It's going to be huge. You know, I mean, everybody's got a Trump voice and, and saying stuff, and, you know, and it's funny. Um, but if you have all these writers, you've got all of Hollywood behind you, because let's face it, the you know. Hollywood is just another arm of the Democratic Party. You've got all these great writers and actors and actresses and, you know, whatever. And they tried some humor. And this is what you get when you go so woke that there are no jokes left. Uh, Trying to make a joke, I guess, about Mike Pence. I'm not really sure what the hell they're trying here. And it's not just that it's, you know, making fun of somebody you're trying to get a joke off on somebody because if it's a joke about somebody and it's good i'm gonna laugh i mean i love comedy this i don't know what the hell this is but it's certainly not comedy democrat who'll be with us throughout the evening between the two of us we have 11 emmys how's that for math one of my favorite actresses julia louis dreyfus hey julia <laughs> hi andrew i'm so glad to see you so what did you think about kamala harris's speech last night it was tremendous i was so happy for her I know, me too. She's fabulous. I cannot wait to see her debate our current vice president, Mika Pints. Or uh, is it Paints? It's pronounced Ponce, I believe. Oh, some kind of weird foreign name? Yeah, not very American sounding. Yeah, that's what people are saying. So that's it. Um, I guess it's supposed to be a joke. Uh, I noticed the bragging at the beginning, uh, Andrew Wang and uh, Yang. Andrew Yang, um, who wore his math pin, because, uh, you know, you're at a uh, Democratic National Convention. Nobody wants to be seen with the American flag. Uh, but apparently they had some bragging moments there, like, huh, we had 11 Emmys together. Uh, how's that for math? Okay, that's math, I guess. Um, 11 is a number. Technically, that's math, I would assume. Uh, although we don't know how you arrived at 11, so I'm not sure that it's math. Um uh, that's a dumpster fire waiting to happen. Jesus. And then the stupid thing about Mike Pence. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about or why that would be funny. I mean, are we just going to make fun of not being able to say someone's name that has a normal name or what the hell's the point? I want some real humor. I mean, I watch people, you know, make jokes about, you know, Donald Trump eating cheeseburgers and it's funny. But I mean, that was terrible. That's the best they got. I mean, Jesus. I guess that's what happens when your entire convention is a Saturday Night Live skit that you're trying to pretend is serious. So then you have to tell really shitty jokes. So people are just so blah. They don't laugh at the crap you're about to spew for two and a half hours. And uh, yeah, it was just awful. I don't know. It beats the shit out of me. I mean, I... It's worse than some of the award shows. And some of the award shows gets really bad. You know what they should have done? They should have found somebody like Ricky Gervais. He could have actually, you know, at least he could have roasted everybody that was coming on. It would have been funny. You know, hey, whatever works, right? So that was their attempt at humor. More importantly, that's where humor's going, people. That's where it's going because they have woke themselves so far in a corner. So far. It's like the NBA. 
They have painted themselves so far into a corner. There's no way out. There's no way out without just burning the whole thing down. And they've done it to themselves, so I can't feel bad for them. It's like the NBA right now. The NBA playoffs are going on right now. No one's watching. Nobody wants to watch this. Nobody. They want to watch a basketball game. That's the reason they're watching you. I mean, there is a uh, brilliant, very brilliant coach. Coaches basketball for West Virginia University. Uh, Professor Bob uh, Huggy Bear. And, you know, he could give these guys a lot of advice. Because one of the biggest things I've heard him say it many times, and I've heard you know players say that the one thing that he preaches to everybody all the time is be good at what you're good at. Don't try to be good at stuff you're not good at. These people could really take a huge lesson from that. Just be good at what you're good at. Go play basketball. That's what you're good at. You're not good at making political speeches because you're completely lost and nobody's watching you to know about your politics. They really don't care. Same thing with Hollywood. Just shut up, get your awards, go make your movies. That's what people care about. Make sure you look good because that's what people buy. And if you don't like that, then you're in the wrong business. That's just, sorry. And I don't really care if it hurts your feelings. It's the career you chose. Just be good at what you're good at. Don't try to be good at everything else because at the end of the day, you're just sad. And, uh, yeah, and they're reading from a teleprompter, too. And uh, so I think that's the point where talent is supposed to kick in and go, you know, whatever's on this teleprompter sucks. I'm not saying that. I'll just say something funny so we can move on. Uh, I think her other joke that she tried to make, which uh, I don't know if it was a joke, is actually kind of more of a burn to the DNC, which is actually pretty funny. If you take it the way I did, I don't think I was supposed to take it that way, but I thought it was hilarious because she goes, well, aren't you just so sad it's ending? I think we should have a few more days where we just run Michelle Obama's speech on a loop. And I was like, that's pretty funny. This thing's so terrible that you think that would be better. I mean, I I guess, I guess, I I guess it is that bad, but it really is. It's terrible. Uh, Her speech, including it was awful. I can't stand to listen to rich people tell me how oppressed they are. I just, ugh, it's a little hard to stomach. So, uh, yeah, so that uh, that was Joe and uh, and their terrible attempt at humor and uh, Andrew Yang's uh, attempt at math, apparently. He could say 11, so we're, you know, really proud of him. I don't know. Where does this go? Where does this leave them? Um, somewhere in left field pretty sure uh and no mention no mention the entire week no mention whatsoever of blm no no mention of antifa no mention of riots no yeah no no word whatsoever on all the businesses burnt although joe did say that all the businesses were closed up Weird how that happens, Joe. Apparently, there's a pandemic and Democratic governors don't want to reopen the states. And then a whole bunch of Democratic looters, rioters, and assholes show up and start burning and killing and hurting people. Businesses tend to shut down. That's weird, Joe. That's strange. Why didn't you mention any of that? I don't know. I mean, you might actually get a couple votes if you actually came out and said something that was truthful. 
that you didn't, you know, borrow from someone else who had already said it. But still, you know, hey, splitting hairs here, you know, at least if you could have told the truth at one point in any of your speeches, or if any of these people could have told the truth about anything, it would have helped. Uh, they went on for quite a while about Bo, Bo Biden, because he was in the military and, you know, seemed to be a halfway decent guy. And that's a good thing. And they were celebrating. They went on and on and on. It's, you know, the only problem I found and I don't know how many people noticed this. I'm sure a few did, but uh, they, they did talk about the military a lot. And Bo was in the army, went to Iraq. Um, but throughout the week and throughout this whole montage they were doing about Bo and about the military, there was actually a disclaimer on the screen. And I don't know that many people, I mean, let's be honest, not that many people watched the damn thing anyway, much less read the disclaimer. But it was kind of uh, it's kind of insulting because anytime they showed the military or anything to do with the military, there was this disclaimer on the bottom of the screen that said these images do not represent an endorsement of military activity. And that struck me. I mean, you're showing these images that, you know, people feel pride about. We are proud of our military. We're proud of our veterans. We're proud of the people who sacrifice to give us this amazing country. We feel pride in that. But to go and try to use that imagery and then just kick people in the face at the bottom and say, well, we don't endorse this. They're basically, that was probably one of the very few truthful things that came out of the entire convention was to say, hey, this is propaganda to make you feel better, but down here, we're just going to tell you the truth. We don't, we don't like any of these people and we don't support, you know, anything to do with military or veterans or any of that. And I thought that was uh, very telling, but also just sickening. I mean, if you don't endorse it, then don't use it. Just simple. You know, I saw all these people standing all week, every, every one of them, all these American flags behind them. When we know they hate America, they especially hate Americans. You know, that's who they're talking about over and over and over. They talk about these bad, evil, terrible people that they hate and everything else. And at the end of the day, it's the American people they hate because they can't believe the American people wouldn't choose them. They haven't gotten over it. Four years, they haven't got over it. I have a feeling they're going to have four more years to sit and stew about it as well, if they last that long. Because they may not. So what's a good wrap up for all this? Um, it's just been, uh, a bad infomercial for a week, I guess. Uh, it has, there's no substance whatsoever. So I did see some, uh, crazy thing. I, I, you know, just some insane stuff. I did see a lot of, uh, BLM fists behind people. Uh, I noticed that Liz Warren, uh, the the proud Cherokee there, she had BLM on the uh, in blocks in children's blocks behind her while she was giving her speech from a uh, school, which uh, is only closed because uh, apparently uh, she's there. Um, yeah, some crazy things. I just uh, it's hard to believe uh, that that's what they had. Um, there was no real, I did notice there was no huge celebrities this year. Usually there's some big celebrities. Um, uh, there really wasn't, which is fine. I'm sure they don't want to be a part of that, uh, 
that just car crash that happened. Uh, the only thing I think that worked out well was the fireworks. Um, they did have some decent fireworks after it was over. And that was uh, about the extent of it. The fireworks were fine. Uh, Joe couldn't remember to keep his mask on because, you know, he was outside and he couldn't seem to remember it. Of course, Jill had to remember that for him. Um, and he did okay reading a teleprompter. So I guess that's a win, um, sort of. Um, but that was uh, the insanity that ensued for the last week. And now this week we're ready for the RNC. And uh, let's hope... Let's really, really hope that it's not a uh, nightmare Zoom call infomercial, which uh, is just horrible anyway. No one wants to deal with that. Not another week of it, please. Although I did see some interviews with uh, Trump, and he did say they're going to do a lot more things live, which I hope, I hope and pray, because nobody needs to see another another week of that. Um and I'm hoping that they decide to take serious advantage of what's going on. Uh, when you look at places that the coronavirus is just nothing anymore. The state of New York, the state of Maine. I think New York had like 19 deaths in the entire state this past week. They're still pretty much locked down. Maine, I think they had nine deaths. Still pretty much locked down. And at this point, there's no way you can say it's anything other than pure politics. Hope everybody is good and miserable because if they're good and miserable and desperate, they just might vote for Biden, which I, st I don't think it's going to work. I think it's blowing up in their faces. Uh, some interesting things I have seen. Um, just to give a quick, as everybody knows, the news is just crazy, crazy uh, on leaning left. It's just it's hard to get the real story. So I saw a story yesterday. It was so funny. It pops up on, uh, I think it was Yahoo or Google news. One of the uh, crazy leftist news things there. And it literally says that white nationalists and white supremacists march into Portland to clash with Antifa, which I knew from the beginning was absolute crap because number one, white supremacist i don't i don't know are you talking the kkk i mean what is there 10 guys left in it what are we talking about here it's 2020 so i knew instantly they were just talking about you know americans you know american trump supporters went to take portland back because they're sick of you know nobody doing anything about these people rioting in streets and uh trying to kill people which I saw that they actually arrested the asshole that uh, tried to kill the guy the other night for, um, you know, protecting a trans woman, which I still don't understand why they're attacking a trans woman. I thought that's what they were all about, but still, Hey, you know, who knows? Um, so they finally arrested that guy and they charged him with assault. I, I personally think it should be attempted murder. You don't go and roundhouse kick somebody that's already been beaten in the side of the head unless you're trying to kill him. So, I don't know. And he had a vest on and stuff trying to look like a cop. That's how they got the guy to stop. So it's impersonating an officer, attempted murder, 25 years. No problem. I have no problem with that. Won't hurt my feelings at all. Um, so yeah, I read the article and it says, you know, these people march in and start clashing with Antifa. And then finally it got so bad, you know, apparently they were, uh, 
beaten up on some Antifa. So finally the uh, police and stuff, the, uh, the federal police and stuff there that were guarding the courthouse had to come out and break it up or whatever. But uh, I thought it was great, actually. And I wish we had seen more of it. And I do not like to promote violence. I hate that. I know it's bad. But at the same time, there's a lot more of us than there are of them. There's a hell of a lot more people in this country. And it doesn't really matter where your politics lie right now. Left, right, center, whatever. Independent, whatever you are. If you love this country and you truly love this country, that shit has to stop. And so it's great to see a bunch of people waving American flags going in and saying, listen, this shit ain't going to go on anymore. You don't want the police and all that here? Fine. How about the citizenry comes out and we'll do the job. And we're going to tell you to shut up, sit down and go the fuck home. Stop burning shit down. Stop messing up our cities because we're just going to kick your ass. That's what needs to happen all over this country. And it was great. And it was it was awesome. So, yeah, you know, that's all that uh, white nationalists and white supremacists show up in Portland. It's like, no, no, it was just some, you know, real Americans that we know you all hate, hate those damn Americans. And let's break down something real quick. I get sick of hearing this white nationalist. It's used as a slur and that pisses me off. What part of that word is a slur? White well, I know BLM and, and the left wants to, you know, denigrate anyone who's white, although it's coming from a lot of white people. So I guess it's just white people who love America. Huh. Well, that's weird. How is that a bad thing? Since when did being white and loving your country turn into a slur or something to be looked down upon? I hate this. People talk about this all the time. Well, it was white nationalists that showed up. You mean white people that like their country? Okay. And what happened next? They, what, went to the grocery store, bought some, you know, steaks and went home and made them on the grill? I, I don't know. I don't know where that story goes. I mean, you say it like, oh, the Nazis showed up and then they walked and marched off some Jews. Well, that's not what happened. You said a white nationalist. You're talking about someone who is white of the Caucasian persuasion who actually likes their country well i'll be damned what part of that is a slur stop using it as a slur and if it's gotten into your vocabulary vocabulary take it out because it means nothing i mean unless you really think that white people shouldn't love their country that's stupid has nothing to do with it whatsoever words do have meanings i take words literally it's very very easy Say, huh, white nationalist. Well, somebody who's white and loves their country. I'll be damned. I don't see any problem with that. We could have black nationalists too because there's a lot of black people that like the country they're in. Nobody says that. This, this black guy with a flag, he must be a black nationalist. Nobody says it. So, you know, it's all stupid. It all has no meaning. Um, and again, I don't see where the KKK would be. That's the... Um, you know, old militant arm of the DNC. So, you know, they're not going to be there with Trump flags. Uh, and of course, I don't know how many times I heard this throughout the week. I think it was four times I heard about Charlottesville and they're just not letting that. I mean, they're just going to beat that dead horse. Um, and it's a complete lie. And even the people, I think it was Stelter on CNN or, or one of them on CNN, he actually had to come out and back then, you know, three and a half years ago 
and uh, come out and say that, well, yeah, it was just a complete lie. You know, Trump never praised any any of the KKK or any of the white supremacists, which he didn't. He actually said the white supremacists and KKK were awful people and they shouldn't be tolerated. So, you know, but we just gloss over that. That's not important. So, uh, yeah. And uh, the other thing that drove me absolutely nuts is when is anyone going to go to the DNC and let them know that we democratically elect people? The only part of our system that's democracy is the actual vote part, the ballot. That's the only democracy we have. I know that people around the world, socialists around the world, communists around the world have used democracy as a uh I hate using the word dog whistle, it's so stupid. Um as a code word for socialism and communism. We need democracy. We need true democracy. We need to protect our democracy. I heard that word probably a million times last week. I think uh, just in the Obama crap speech, it was like 28 times. This is where our democracy was born, and we got to protect our democracy. You want to hear about our democracy? We don't live in a democracy. I will say this one more time. The United States is not a democracy. Is not a democracy representative republic that's why when you pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which we stand not the democracy to the republic for which we stand yeah and half the week they uh all during the days they would do the pledge of allegiance and leave out god because you know they can't say god i guess i don't know uh you know which has been lost and this is uh probably the final kind of point i will make for today's thing is it's very interesting that uh they have such a problem with religion and they always cite over and over and over and over again the separation of church and state Hmm. here is where it gets messy because if you actually read what was said about separation of church and state the only separation that was talked about was there not being a state government, a state religion. That is the only separation of church and state that was ever mentioned. It never said anything about praying or any of those types of things or religious, uh, religious icons or words or anything. The only thing that has ever been said about separation of church and state, and you can look this up and research it for yourself. The only thing was not to have a state run religion. England at that time, Britain had a state church and you had to belong to the state church to be in the government and in their club and all that. It was more of a club. It wasn't really a religion, but that's what the whole point was of America was to not single out any preference of any religion and there definitely wasn't going to be a state religion you were free to worship however you wanted uh there was never ever a big push to separate religion or god from how the founders felt and obvious that's very obvious because it's throughout all the documents um myself i don't have a huge opinion like i'm not a hugely religious person but i do recognize that we do have religious freedom that is tantamount reason being it is you know all in the first amendment along with free speech and religion and press and yes do we suffer from the freedom of press sometimes well yeah 
uh, when it becomes monopolized to one side or the other, of course we do. But the beauty of free enterprise is to be able to not be restricted from then having your opinion. That's why people are so angry with Google, Facebook, Twitter, all these companies that are silencing one side and claiming that they are just a platform and not a publisher. Because if they're a publisher, then other people can then get the same protections they have to not be sued and, you know, compete with them with separate ideology. That's where it all comes together. But this whole idea of we got to leave all this out because that's the proper way, you know, nobody can mention any of these things because of the separation of church and state. That's not the correct interpretation at all. It was never interpreted that way. It was just that we weren't going to have a state religion or a preference of the government towards one religion or another. That's actually what it means. People have then changed it to mean that you can't have any sort of religious icons or prayer or any kind of words that mean anything in religious or anything like that to do with anything in the state. And that's simply not there. It's not part of uh, the founding documents. And so it is, you know, like many of the other things that have become a, a, uh, what do you say? Part of the zeitgeist or part of the common knowledge. It is wrong and uh, it is not there. So that's something interesting for people to find out that, uh, and there are lots of things like this in, uh, in our founding documents. And then later on, people would write books and write papers, uh, really laying out what they thought and meant and what they meant by what they wrote. And a lot of that gets swept under the rug. And there's so much of this, you know, when it talks about like the second amendment, people twist it to mean this or that. And, at the end of the day, the whole point was to protect us from tyranny, whether it was coming from a foreign country or from our own government or from the guy down the street trying to come in and take stuff. That's the reason we have the right to bear arms. And it literally is one of our biggest protections against the government. But, you know, people say, well, no, 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 it's this and that. And uh, it's ridiculous. The uh, problem they've gotten themselves into now, they want to abolish police set uh, crazy people in the street burning, rioting, looting, and beating people, and then tell you you don't need a gun. That's not going to work too well. And obviously it is not. None of this is working well. Um, I did see the poll numbers change. Uh, I think it's I think it's actually still wrong. Uh, just traveling around the country as I have so far this year, getting ready to go back to traveling around, uh, even traveling around my area. Uh I don't see any enthusiasm for Joe Biden. And if it's just as history has shown many times, if it's just vote against somebody, you lose. You can't vote against somebody and not for someone. You know, people say that about Trump, but that's not true. People voted for Trump because they were sick of the same old establishment, people doing the same things, getting rich, making their friends rich, and no one ever trying to help the actual people. People saw Trump as the change that they wanted. They voted for him, not just against Hillary. And now, I guess the Democrats didn't learn that that doesn't work. And so now they're trying to run a campaign completely from hating Donald Trump. And even they did the poll this past week. What was it like 60% or 67%, I think it was. I can't remember, 65 67% 
of Democrats say they're voting against Trump, not for Biden. I mean, that's pretty bad when less, it was like 35% was all of the Democrats that said they were voting for Biden. 35% said they were actually voting for him. And the rest, you know, by a huge majority said they're just voting against Trump. Um, which, you know, we'll talk more about this week, uh, go more into what they have at the RNC. I may even do uh, a special episode. If I have time, looks like I'm getting ready to be back working hard on the road. So it may be a little hard. I'm going to try to get some extra, maybe extra short episodes in this week. Maybe try to do that. Some, uh, updates. Um, cause I think there's going to be some interesting people. There's going to be some interesting people come out to the RNC and I think they're going to do it better. I, I think if somebody knows how to make it better than the really sad infomercial that nobody was buying last week, I think Trump can do it. You know, he's been in TV. He knows how to work a crowd. He knows how to work people. He knows how to make good, t- good, good things happen and get people excited. So hopefully we'll get something that's watchable uh, because that was not. And uh, love to see more and more people, more and more people listening. And it's great. Uh, just want to remind people to rate and review uh, going to start trying to make a break in the middle of the show. So maybe might start getting some ads. We'll see what happens. Uh, there's many things that I use that I could endorse. I just don't get paid for it. So I guess it doesn't, doesn't really help, but you know, we'll see what happens and uh, just please uh, review. Uh, doesn't matter what you say on the review. It really doesn't, you know, tell me, tell them I'm forcing you to do it. Uh, just, give us the five stars. That's what really makes a difference. Gets things moved up. So more people will see it. More people will listen and, and good things will happen. But yeah, it doesn't matter what you say in the review. Tell them I, I told you you had to, or somebody's holding a gun on you. It doesn't matter. Don't really care about the review. It's about the five stars and we'll move up and more and more people listen and more people will become knowledgeable about what's going on. And that's the point. So until Thursday, remember it's no agenda. Just a miracle.